What's up, my Housewives Relatable listeners? It's your girl, Stella, coming to you once again to talk about it all. Hi, guys. I hope everyone is doing well. We have a few housewife-keeping items to cover, so let's jump right into it. Okay, guys, so I don't know if you remember, we did cover this a couple of weeks ago. Um, immediately right after BravoCon um, had wrapped up. You know, there was a segment, I talked about this with you guys, where Lala, Lala Kent, was asked a question, and then she proceeded to say that it would be her worst nightmare to be stuck in an elevator with Teresa Judice and Louis Ruelas. So it turns out that Lala had apologized, which I covered with you guys, um, because it happened fairly right after she sent her a text or a DM and said that she was sorry for her comment and all of that and things were squashed between her and Teresa. So recently, Lala has done an interview or, or a podcast and she was talking about the situation a little bit more. So there's a little bit of an update on the whole thing. So she explained during that interview the why she had said what she said when it comes to Teresa and she did not read the text out loud but basically stated that you know she was basically having like uh PTSD like she didn't use exactly the word the words um PTSD PTSD but she did say that um she was having like a hard time with Louis and his red flags and you know it was kind of like triggering for her and reminiscent of her relationship with um, Randall Hammett. So um, she also says that, you know, she does not really know Teresa like that, but she's always been super kind to her, super welcoming. And she still doesn't really know Louis that very well. But every time that she has interacted with Louis, he was nothing but kind to her as well. So, you know, she basically kind of like promised that she would do better. And, um, there's no like tension between her and Teresa. And she also said that her and Teresa share a hair girl. I'm not sure. Uh, I never really heard of her before. I think she said her name was Lena. Um, I know that Lucia also does Teresa's hair from time to times. And she also had that other hairstylist that I can't remember her name, but she is involved in a little bit of controversies right now. So anyway, she said that they share a hair girl and that hair girl, Lena, is very um, loyal to Teresa and she wouldn't want to have like, you know, tension and beef with someone that is very loyal to Teresa, um, with Teresa basically because they have someone in common. So I just thought I would update you on that if you were wondering what was going on um, between Lala and Teresa on that front. A little bit more on BravoCon, Andy Cohen during a panel was asked a question that had to do with, you know, the whole reality reckoning and also NeNe Leaks. And um, to everyone's surprise, Andy basically said that him and NeNe came up together and that, you know, and then he goes into explaining and he kind of alludes to he might be open to a conversation with Nini or he was definitely softer uh, in his delivery when it came to answering that question than what I've seen before um, in the past few months, right? Because I think even in his book, Andy said something like around the lines that, you know, the, the, um, the door was closed, when it came to the whole Nini situation with Bravo and uh, his friendship with Nini, like basically he was saying that he idolized her and uh, they had a great friendship and that was someone that he put on a pedestal and he was kind of like shocked that, you know, it took the the relationship took the turn that it did and uh, he kind of had to mourn that relationship or that friendship or that business relationship that ended, but eventually came to the conclusion that, hey, you know what? The door is closed. That's what I heard Andy say in the past when it comes to the entire situation with Nene Leaks. However, at BravoCon, he seemed like he was softening to a possible reconciliation between him and Nini and maybe uh, a comeback on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. 
So I thought it was very interesting during that interview, like at BravoCon or that panel, I should say, the choice of words that Andy used. And I don't know if I'm looking into it uh, too much, but he said we came up together, which I thought was pretty funny because Bethany um, in that um I think it was an Instagram video that she did and someone asked her about her relationship or she was responding to what her relationship was with Andy Cohen. And she basically said, well, me and him, we came up together. Right. So I don't know. For some of you who have seen that, I thought it, it was interesting for Andy to say that in front of the world at BravoCon, me and Nini came up together. It was almost as if like he was trying to shade Bethany a little bit. And I'm not mad at it. <laughs> Because for those of you that are loyal or have been loyal to this podcast, I know some of you love Bethany, so don't come for me. I'm just saying she is not, I I don't like Bethany as much anymore. I used to like her a lot. She used to be one of my favorite housewives, not my favorite, but one of my favorites back then in earlier seasons. And then eventually, you know, she started like to me, she got a little annoying, a little full of herself, always having like Bravo in her mouth and talking about Bravo and reality TV. But then she doesn't really want to be associated with anything that has to do with housewives, but she's constantly talking about housewives. So I just find that Bethany can be annoying and difficult when it comes to that. But that's just my personal opinion. People are allowed to like her and I'm still not going to trash her here on this podcast. So anyways, um, a long, just to make a long story short, when it comes to that whole thing, um, Nini had done an, an interview, like a very long interview with Bethany at, at that not so long ago. And, uh, she has basically scrubbed any evidence of that interview off of her social media. So she does not have this on her page on Instagram anymore. Uh, I don't know if it was anywhere else on Twitter or Facebook. I'm not really on, um, Facebook, so I don't know if it was out there, but um, I know it's definitely not on her Instagram anymore. However, the reason why this is a big deal is because, you know, it's still up on Bethany's side. So a lot of fans, a lot of people are starting to think that maybe Bravo, maybe Andy has reached out to Nini and um, people are hoping for a comeback, you know, on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. There's rumors that there, there could be a cash shakeup and a lot of the housewives might just get fired and maybe they'll just bring Nini back. And, you know, there's uh, other theories out as well as to um, what what Andy Cohen is really trying to do. And I have to say that I tend to believe that um, whoever is saying that is uh probably my sentiment as well how I feel about the whole thing because um Andy has just been like you know not necessarily mean in public about the whole Nini situation but I was really under the impression that he was really done and done with her however Nini is definitely um like a driving force on her own and her you know testimony um on Bethany Frankel's podcast was quite um, powerful, right? It carries a lot of weight. And before she did that, her interview with Carlos King was even more powerful. So I don't know if this is an attempt for Andy to just weaken, you know, Bethany's case with the whole reality reckoning, it's very possible. I truly don't believe um, that, and I don't know Andy like that. I, I don't know him personally, but I, I've, I've always had the feeling that once you cross him, I don't think there is like ever a going back with him, you know? And if it does happen, I feel like he I feel like he holds a grudge, right? And we've seen this with past housewives, like just like Jill Zarin. I don't really believe that Andy has completely forgiven Jill Zarin in the past for what she did when she recorded him on Watch What Happens Live live, and then basically kind of undermined his whole episode and suggested that things did not happen in the way that they did. I don't believe that Andy really got over that. And we, we, we could see it. Like Jill never really had a real career after that on Bravo or with Housewives. And she really became kind of just like, you know, 
uh, well, I don't want to say like a has-been, but definitely never welcome back on the show, right? Um, in, a, in, in an important capacity anyways. So, you know, I, I kind of understand when people are saying that it's possible that Andy's just playing the game and he just wants to give the illusion out there that, you know what, I'm softening towards Nini. There might be a possibility. And then, you know, Nini is kind of like taking the bait and removing this interview with the reality reckoning and all of that. And um, if she changes her mind afterwards, like let's say nothing happens or nothing comes out of that, right? And Nini is not brought brought back on the show or, you know, opportunities are not given to her from the network. Um, if Nini flips again and starts saying, oh, this is how they treated me, this is what they did, then, you know, it's going to make her look like not a credible person. So it's possible that Andy's playing chess at this point. And let me know, guys, what you think in the comment. Let me in the comments, let me know if you think that this whole uh, softening, softening towards Nini leaks, um, something that is... Um, sincere or do you think it's more calculated do you think that there is a possibility that andy cohen and nini leaks um have a business relationship once again or po a possible friend friendship let me know in the comments guys so recently there was a blog that was written because danielle was found on twitter um, talking about the whole situation as to, you know, how Joanne Melissa got on the show and why when Danielle had the opportunity to expose Joanne Melissa when she came back, I think it was season nine, um, why didn't she take that opportunity, right? So she said that her hands were tied in her response um, to, to the Twitter user. She said that her hands were tied and that she had to make nice with Melissa and had to make nice with Margaret Josephs. Uh, she was not given confessionals and all of that. So to not ruffle any fetters and for, for her to keep the ability to collect a paycheck, she agreed. That's what she said, right? At this point in time, I find that this is so irrelevant at, at this point in time. And it's been irrelevant for like 10, 11 years, because it doesn't even matter if Danielle has emails. Let's say Danielle did have those emails and they were incriminating. It does not matter. It does not matter at this point, because Teresa has always believed that Joe and Melissa came on the show to destroy her. So does it really matter what those emails say? It doesn't matter right and i find that danielle likes to play that game a lot right and it's quite annoying because it's like you got something to say just say it right um even Teresa, like she said um it wasn't on Teresa's podcast because i don't think she did the podcast as of yet but danielle said something i think it was on carlos king yes she said to Carlos that she said to Teresa, Danielle said to Teresa, ask me three times um, how they got on the show, how your sister-in-law and brother got on the show. And I will tell you on the third like time, right? It's like, what kind of, it's so manipulative to me, those types of answers. And she said, Teresa only asked me two times, you know, so she, she technically has one more time to ask me and then I will tell her, I will let her know. It's too gamey for me, right? It's too gamey. It's like, if you have something to say, and if you can back up what you're saying, just say it. Don't play these games, right? And uh, she said that to Carlos King, and she said that on a multitude of other interviews. And it's just like, this is so stupid, right? And I think Teresa said that on her podcast to Melissa Feaster, but Danielle wasn't there. She said, oh, you know, I asked her like a couple times, and then I was just like, oh, tell me. And then I was like, no, 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 no don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me, right? So it doesn't really matter, Teresa, what those emails said back then, because Melissa and Jody did not like you and you did not have a relationship with them. Things were bad already. So what difference does it make now? They don't even speak to each other anymore, right? Since the season has wrapped up, they're done. They're not talking like they have not filmed. Well, they've been in the same room for season 14 but from what we've heard there has been like zero interaction so i'm not quite sure 
what difference would that make if those emails were in fact incriminating? And let's just say that Danielle was right and that Joe and Melissa actually said things that were very damaging to Danielle about Teresa. Danielle has been off the show for quite some time now. Why hasn't she produced those receipts? Why is she still holding on to them and saying, well, I know, I know what they did, you know, I know. And I still have these conversations like, you know, in my computer vault somewhere, right? I find that there might be a reason why. Danielle has never really shown those receipts. And I think that her involvement in the whole thing is probably more incriminating than she lives on, right? I truly believe that. I believe that at the time that Danielle was talking to Melissa and Joe, um, Danielle was not a fan. You guys have to remember that. Danielle was not a fan of Teresa at all not at all Teresa had flipped an entire table on Danielle Staub okay called her some filthy names that she will have to live forever with right things that have affected her daughters right so and her reputation and all of that right so what I'm saying is Danielle was not a Teresa fan when she was talking to Joe and Melissa. And at the end of the day, when you're not a fan of someone, you're always happy to hear the controversial tea about that person that you dislike from whoever, right? And at the time, it might have been Joe and Melissa, you know? Is that nice? No, because it's family, but it happens. It happens. So at the end of the day, I find that Danielle likes to hold on to that and kind of just like try to intrigue her fans. And I don't know if it's like her attempt to stay relevant or to make it back on the show. But what's even more interesting about this whole thing, guys, is that when you actually go under that blog, it's the comments are to die for. And that's why I feel like there's some sort of like, you know, the, the tides are turning, it's shifting because this is like a pro Teresa blog that I'm talking about. I'm not going to name the name, but it's out there. So, you know, if you guys think about it, not hard enough, you can figure out who wrote this whole article up, right? And uh, underneath the comments, people are just not buying it. People are just like, we're sick and tired of that. Um, it's not like, uh, it's not a storyline. You had your chance, Danielle, no one cares. Um, you know, like there's quite a few people that are even like defending somewhat Melissa and Joe. There's other people that are talking about Teresa and Louis. Like, I'm not sure that this has anything to do with the situation, but you know, I feel like the tides are turning in the comments. Right. And another thing, because guys, I did mention Carlos King. Carlos did an interview some time ago, like a couple years ago, or maybe a year and a half ago, with Teresa and Melissa Feaster. And that's basically that interview where he cleared up everything and said, Teresa did not know. It's like an hour long, right? She did not know that her sister and brother were coming on the show. But then Carlos also says the same thing. He plays the same game as Danielle. Danielle, stop. He says, you know, I have a lot of text messages between me and Melissa Gorga. And then he says, I'm not going to reveal what those text messages say, because, you know, I don't want to be messy like that. And you have to look at the actual um, YouTube video, guys, just to see, just to look at Teresa's nonverbal. It's worth it. When Carlos says that specifically, he says he doesn't want to be messy, so he's not going to play the game of releasing the text messages, right? Um, I didn't catch that the first time. I rewatched it since then. And um, I kind of have a new theory when it comes to the whole thing. Um, and maybe Carlos King's involvement in the whole thing. I feel like, okay, let's just say like Carlos King, he's known to be like a little messy producer, right? Um, no offense to you. It's what's out, it's what's out there. And um, 
What if Carlos had something to do with that as well? Because he was talking to Melissa all the time. Are you really telling me that Carlos was talking to Melissa and be like, no, no, no. You know, we don't want the drama. We don't want you. We don't want the family, you know. Like, as a producer, do you really think he was not trying to... Um, amp up the situation or make things happen behind the scenes who's to say that carlos was not the one and i'm just speaking hypothetically hypothetically here guys it's just my opinion who's to say that carlos was not the one who said to melissa hey you know what you know what would be good um we have a scene with danielle it would be nice if we came and film like a scene with danielle and you guys were there waiting in the kitchen or in the backyard right that would be great like something like that. It's possible that Carlos did something messy too, right? Maybe he was liking the situation, liking the potential that drama that was about to unfold, right? And another thing that Carlo talks about during that interview, he says um, to Teresa, I kept on telling you, hey, Teresa, why is your sister-in-law constantly DMing me? She's DMing me all the time, right? And then Teresa was like, yeah, I did not really understand why she was messaging you. And it's like, uh, Teresa, come on, like one plus one equals two, right? Why do you think your sister-in-law was messaging Carlos King? <laughs> Probably because she was trying to get on the show, right? So I think at this point in time, when Teresa says she had no idea, I don't think that that's accurate. I really think that what she means is that they did not tell me out of their own mouths that they were trying to get on the show. But did Teresa know? Of course she knew, right? So anyways, guys, two things to think about. Do you think or do you agree that Danielle Staub and Carlos King may have played a little bit more of a dirty role when it comes to um, bringing Joe Gorga and Melissa Gorga on the show more than they have divulged to Teresa up until this point. Let me know in the comments. So recently I was sent a screenshot with um, like from one of those Twitter's fan accounts that really dislike Melissa Gorga. So um, the screenshot was basically the cover, like the page cover of a um, Jackie Beard Robinson upcoming book. I didn't even know she was writing a book and I was just like, why is she writing a book? Like, what is, what, what is it about this situation that we need to know, right? So, oh, and guys, by the way, if you do not know who Jackie Beard Robinson is, it's because she appeared um, maybe a couple of episodes on The Real Housewives of New Jersey and she used to be Melissa Gorga's um, ex-business partner when they opened MV, uh, the MV boutique together. So anyways, I didn't know that she was writing a book, but apparently she has a lot of things that she wants to tell. It's, I think it's supposed to be called like something like housewives and lies and something like that. Right. So probably she's going to expose like the lies from production, probably talk about her legal woes with Bravo, because for those of you who do not know, Jackie sued Bravo and the network. I think it was Andy Cohen, Melissa Gorga, Bravo, and um, is it NBC? Anyway, she sued the entire network because of that little comment that was made on The Real Housewives of uh, New Jersey. Um, I'm just going to paraphrase here. I don't think it was said verbatim, but Melissa explains that, you know, her and her her and Jackie had had a falling out and that she came and took all of the clothes uh, from the store like a thief in the middle of the night, right? And uh, I think Jackie had a problem with the fact that it was said on the show that she was like a thief in the middle of the night. I never, for my part, I never really felt like it was said in that way. Like I really, I, I, I always thought that it was said figuratively and not literally. Like, you know, that's an expression, you know, taking something like a thief in the middle of the night. So, but for Jackie, she saw it as like, oh, you know, they're trying to tarnish my reputation because I actually took the clothes in broad daylight and this and that and the other. But it's like, Jackie, you have to remember you're on a reality TV show. So it's possible that 
things might be said in a way that it's just for like you know shock value or drama effect and most people had never really like and i'm not throwing any shade here like i don't want to say that you know she doesn't have any credentials i know she has a pretty extensive resume and all of that but just because you have an extensive resume does not mean that a lot of people have heard of you before right maybe people that travel within those circles they know about you but i'm just saying like just like people that are watching the show like i'm pretty sure they didn't know who jackie beard robinson was before her partnership with melissa gorga so to me i think that maybe jackie's ego kind of took a hit and she didn't like the fact that they said that and she tried to sue the network and she lost because i i'm assuming the judge was kind of like well i don't know it's not a big deal and uh she tried to sue like all of them and she lost on everything and every count and i'm not gonna go into into all of that guys if you listen to the bravo docket um, there was like an episode where they covered that like lawsuit with Jackie and it's also available online um, to make a long story short she sued the network she sued Andy and Melissa Gorga and she lost and at the end Bravo countersued Jackie Beard Robinson and she had to pay their legal fees and I think the legal fees were something like sixty seven to seventy thousand dollars so you know that's a lot of money i don't know if it was paid already i don't know if it has been settled but basically the law has determined that jackie beard robinson does not have a case in that matter right so then i was thinking okay i'm being sent this so it's just a matter of time that somebody wants to talk to jackie because she's writing a book right so <laughs> last week Jackie Beard Robinson appeared on Kim D's Patreon. Who better than Kim D to have Jackie on? Because if you guys remember, Jackie took the clothes, okay, the clothes from the store and brought the clothes to Kim D's store or house or whatever. But basically, she brought the clothes to Kim D um, and for Kim D to resell them, right? And which was like a completely legit, by the way. I'm not implying that it was done like in a sneaky way. The judge basically kind of like dissolved the partnership between uh, Melissa and Jackie. And Jackie retained the right to take the clothes from the boutique and sell them if she wanted to. So that was part of like the, the court order. So... Kim D had her on her podcast and it was, um, you know, last week, the week before I should say she had John Fuda on and a lot of people were mad and it was very controversial because people don't like John Fuda. I do, but a lot of people don't. So, you know, some people were quitting her Patreon because of that. Now, the following week, she had Jackie Beard Robinson. And for my part, I'm not super interested in Jackie. Um, I think that at this point, she's kind of like beating a dead horse. But nevertheless, this is Kim D's Patreon, so she can interview whoever she wants, right? I have to say, it was not a bad interview per se, but there's just a few things that I did not like. And this is my opinion. I don't think that necessarily what Kim D did was like wrong. She gave her the chance or a platform to for Jackie to express herself, which is totally okay with me. But there's one thing I didn't necessarily understand. Um, Jackie had this person with her. Uh, I think it's a friend of hers named Susie. And I don't know who Susie is. I think she's just like a super good friend of Jackie Beard Robinson. And you guys, you guys know Kim D, right? She was a villain on Housewives for a reason. Um, she can get a little catty at times. And she even prefaced it that way. She said, okay, I'm about to get catty, guys. I have a question, right? So then she goes on and starts um, asking Jackie Beard Robinson and Susie, like her friend Susie, basically about Melissa's um, work ethic, basically asking her about the way that she dresses, if it's appropriate or not, if it's a good example for her daughter or something like that. And, uh, you know, like those types of like sewing circle type of questions, you know, I like to call them. <laughs> so anyways, um, 
I'm going to spare you guys all of the details, okay? But I thought it was very interesting that Susie did a lot of the talking. Susie, Jackie Robinson's friend, she did a lot of the talking. And she was basically implying that Melissa does not have great fashions and um, that she doesn't really know how to dress and all of that. And I thought it was interesting because, you know, I don't like to talk about looks and about people and all of that. But Susie was like wearing a turtleneck, like, you know, those gray old, that the ones that kind of seem like they're itchy type of like, you know, turtlenecks. And she had a pair of jeans on. And, you know, her hairstyle was just like not the most updated hairstyle right and this woman was sitting there having a ball trashing melissa gorga so you can't make that stuff up i had to i had to laugh and i had to listen carefully and i was just like that's funny because it's not like you are like you know a fashion statement yourself right now and you're making fun about someone else, somebody else's fashion so i thought that was a bit uh, comical but anyways i digress um, when it came to the whole thing, they basically implied that Melissa Gorga does not have a good work ethic, that she was hardly ever at the store, um, that, you know, she was just kind of like paying herself um, from the cash register and that kind of stuff that, um, you know, the implication was made on several occasions that Melissa Gorga was basically lazy. That's what those women wanted to put out there, right? And um, Jackie didn't do most of the talking, which is kind of surprising because, you know, it's your book and you were the person who was on, uh, on the show. But meanwhile, she brought her friend with her, her friend Susie, who is very opinionated. And uh, she became her mouthpiece. And there's a lot of stuff that, you know, Jackie wouldn't say that Susie did say. And Jackie was just kind of sitting there laughing and just like quiet. Like she would add a little bit to the conversations, but, you know, she left the cattiness for her friend Susie, right? <laughs> to do so. Um, you know what, guys, when people fall out, they always have the worst things to say about you once there is a fallout. You know, they can't remember one kind thing that you ever did for them. It just becomes this person is lazy. This person is competing with her daughter because, you know, she doesn't know how to dress appropriately. This person is doing this. She was never at the store. She was just like very demanding, a little bit of a prima donna, like that kind of stuff. You know, that's what they were saying. And you know what? At the end of the day, granted, that's her experience with Melissa at this point in time. However, you know how I like to offer a little bit of a balanced view and um, things from the past tend to be um, where I like to find my information a little bit because it's interesting to find out what that person's opinion was before the falling out. Right. And I know that they're not going to do that on the podcast because, you know, I, I've said it before. No shade to Kim. I, I really don't think that Kim D is a big fan of Melissa Gorga. I'm, I'm unsure why. I don't know why she doesn't like her. I do tend to believe that it's because Melissa now has a store and Melissa has um, a fashion show every year and Kim D's store and fashion shows used to be like the main event of the show. You know what I mean? The The women would get their dressed by Kim D and you know the the posh store would be a meeting spot for a lot of the women so Envy is clearly that now like the women shop at Envy Melissa gives Envy and gives bag and all of that and uh, she has like an amazing fashion show so I think that at this point it might be a little bit of maybe a little bit of jealousy <laughs> on uh, Kim D's part and um Maybe that's the reason why she doesn't really like Melissa Gorga. But I will say this. When it comes to Jackie Beer Robinson, she wants to put out the narrative that, you know, Melissa's not a hard worker, that Melissa doesn't own her store, that Melissa never owned the store. But there was an operating agreement that, between the two of them, 
right? And um, from what I understand, Melissa owns the store right now, right? So I don't know. There's like a lot of conflicting information out there, but guys, you can do your homework and there's a whole podcast dedicated to this subject only called the Bravo Ducket. So I think that, you know, this is very fair if you want to put the right information out there. So now I'm just going to read you uh, a, a little article that I found online um, that was basically written in 2016. And this is basically Jackie's opinion of Joe Gorga and Melissa Gorga before they had the falling out. So here it is. Luckily, Melissa hasn't had to forge this new path on her own. She had the help of her business partner, Jackie Beard Robinson. Quotes, I respect her a lot and I like her demeanor with people. I like the way that she dresses and I like her ideas. Like when she told me about her inspiration with Envy and what she wanted to put in it, I could really envision that being a great thing in New Jersey. I just could see that that could be a real winner. Jackie recently told the Daily Dish over the phone. She watches and she observes. She knows her market. She knows what she can sell. The pair first met when Melissa walked into the Jackie into Jackie's boutique in Delray Beach, Florida, Ginger, now known as Atmosphere on the Ave with her husband, Joe. They came in and I was like, oh my God, it's Melissa Gorga and Joe Gorga, Jackie said. The two hit it off and kept in touch over the years, with Melissa even doing a photo shoot for Ginger in the Bahamas. Melissa eventually approached Jackie, who, was, who has a background in marketing and sales in the fitness industry, with the idea for Envy. Given her busy schedule as a mom and wife, Melissa thought it would be good to have Jackie's help in opening up the store. Quote, I thought about it and I said, yeah, I like challenges and this should be one, Jackie said. She is a very good friend of mine. She is a dear person to me and I love Joe. He's very funny. It was a good combination. It was a good thing. I think we've done well together. Though making the transition from friends to workers can be challenging, Jackie said that it has only strengthened her relationship with Melissa. I just have a deeper respect for her now, even more because she is really a great person. She's a hard worker, Jackie explained. I'm really impressed with the way she listens to what we have to advise her, the advice that we give her from a business standpoint. I respect her a lot because she does put in the effort. She is in the store. She actually works in the store. She works a lot outside of the store. So she's pretty amazing to me. I've only grown to like her even more after working with her. I've got to say. If you think Jackie's affinity for tutus wouldn't mesh well with Melissa's love for, for more form-fitting dresses, you'd be wrong. My philosophy with clothes is me. I can change my mood without actually changing who I am. I love to make people smile. Melissa's probably pretty much the opposite. However, the road to MVs opening featured earlier this season hasn't been completely bump free. We did see Jackie and Melissa butt heads a bit over the boutique budget. That was from earlier on when we were just opening and we we're still trying to discover who our clientele was. It's a little stressful when you don't know your clientele and you're trying to budget your money so you can reach all walks of people, Jackie said. We've had that discussion and we still have that discussion and it's a discussion that we'll probably always have, but we respect each other's opinions about it. 
We always meet somewhere in the middle. That's the good thing. We get it. We understand each other. So then she continues and says that she's a fan of RHONJ and Jackie admitted that it's difficult to watch Melissa become involved in the drama on the show, especially when there's false accusation made against her. And she advises for people to take whatever's going on with a grain of salt. And she said, you know, I just don't want things to bother her because she is too good of a person. You know, that's, those are uh, Jackie's words, right? She thinks that Melissa is too good of a person and that, you know, she really cares for her. You heard it from her own mouth. That's what she said. She's a hard worker. You know, she was always in the store. She knew what she was talking about. She was kind to people. She had a lot of great things to say about Melissa back in 2016. So I just thought that you guys would enjoy that a little bit. Let me know in the comments what you think. Do you think that Jackie's only doing this now because, you know, she's trying to promote her book? And maybe what happened on Housewives is, you know, controversial enough that maybe she'll be able to, to, to make some sales, right? And to sell her book. For my part, I know I'm not buying it. I'm not going to buy the book. I'm not interested in the story. I think that Jackie just kind of needs to move on at this point when it comes to the whole thing. But hey, let me know what you guys think in the comments. So a listener came under my comments and uh, referenced allegedly that um, something happened at BravoCon or just before the start of BravoCon where Bill Aiden was allegedly drunk at Phaedra Park's birthday party. So, you know, that person said this and then I was thinking I heard that before because I did watch um the live on YouTube with Dana Dana Wilkie and uh she she was having like a BravoCon special over three days and uh you know that Dana and Thea are friends and uh she was doing the lives with Thea uh from your moms are watching and um I think the name of that video is called BravoCon Eve or something like that. So anyways, you know, Thea was very excited. She was at BravoCon. She was really happy. And she was giving us a little bit of like uh, intel or like things that are going on behind the scenes at BravoCon, right? But just keep in mind that BravoCon had not uh, officially started at that point. So anyways, so during the, the live with Dana, she said um, that she was invited to Phaedra's birthday party. Like, I think Phaedra just turned 50 years old. And uh, she had a private exclusive party at this like high-end restaurant in Vegas called the Yellow Tail, right? This uh, sushi place. So, um, you know, Thea was talking and said, oh, you know, we like, it was a group of 12 people. It was like exclusive. I was invited there. And the way that she made it seem, it was kind of like Phaedra was very excited to have her there and said, oh, I was looking forward to meeting you. I heard so much about you, that kind of stuff, right? And then at that point, Thea from Your Moms Are Watching said to Dana that um, Bill Aiden was there, Jennifer was there, Teresa and Louie were there, and uh, Melissa Feaster. She said Taylor Armstrong, um, that other girl, Toya, I think, from uh, Married to Medicine. And um, I'm sure I'm forgetting a few housewives, but a few, like, you know, there was a, approximately like 12 housewives there. That's what she said. And uh, and Melissa Fister, of course, is not a housewife. She's just doing the podcast with Teresa Judice. So I thought that that was very interesting because I was like, oh, so Thea is in the presence of Louie and Teresa. And we know about all of the drama over the past year, everything that happened. And even Louie referencing her without saying her name on the show and said, you know, when he said to Margaret, I have like evidence that you're paying off bloggers to smear me and that kind of stuff, right? So it was implied that the person that um, Louis was referencing at the reunion was your moms are watching. So anyways, I thought that that was very interesting. I was like, oh, so how was Louis towards you kind of thing? And that's a question that uh, Dana asked her. And then she said that he was fine. I think he either took a picture of her or with her or for her. But a 
you know, he definitely touched her phone. That's what she was saying. And then she also said that Teresa was kind of a, you know, like bitchy and not really talking to anyone all night and just being standoffish, but that Louis was nice and Bill was nice. She also said that, you know, Bill, uh, Jennifer Aiden did not say a word to her all night. And she wasn't sure if it was because she recognized her from being that account or if she was just like, you know, in her bitchy or fall mood like right so something around those lines so anyways um one thing that i thought was interesting was the fact that she said that she was invited to a an exclusive party but there's no pictures of that and you know what guys me i like to trust but i also need to verify so of course when she said that bill aiden was drunk like falling off like those are her words like you can go and check it she says he was falling off all over the place that it was quite embarrassing that he was really really hammered and drunk and don't get me wrong we have seen bill aiden drunk on the show right putting his shirt backwards getting like taken out of the car uh just crawling at the luau party and melissa and joe gorgas to our house so you know there is no denying that when bill aiden gets down he gets down right <laughs> so that's why i'm kind of surprised that there is absolutely no pictures of that circulating out there and i haven't heard anyone else talk about it and say yes you know it is confirmed or it was confirmed that he was really drunk at the restaurant which is another thing because it's like a high-end restaurant right like super high-end so it's like was he really crawling on all fours um so here's the thing i think that when it comes to that i'm surprised that no one has a picture of bill being drunk and here's the thing guys I was doing a little bit of research when it comes to the whole party because obviously it has to do with housewives, which is something that we're passionate about. And that's what we're talking about here on this podcast. So there was like just there was just like a few articles written um, about the whole birthday party, right? The 50th at Yellowtail. And I found one that was from The Messenger. And the person who wrote the article said that she was present at the birthday party, okay? She said that the person, like, I think there are two people at the messenger, but anyways, one of them, or if not both of them, were in attendance at that exclusive birthday party for Phaedra. And the person said that Bill Aiden, like there was absolutely no mention of him being drunk in that article right the person just said that he was there he was in good spirit he was mostly taking pictures with louis and spending time on the balcony that's what it said and then um there was really no mention of Teresa being in a bad mood either or to be like bitchy or anything like that so i thought that that was very interesting and um the person who wrote the article said that the party size was a size of 20 people right and Thea said 12, that there were 12 of them there. So uh, there seems to be a little bit of discrepancy when it comes to the information. Um, it seems like, you know, two people that have attended the party, but like, you know, different outcomes, right? Like Thea says that Bill was like drunk and crawling and it was embarrassing. But the article says that Bill was on the balcony with Louie. And I don't know if he was drunk on the balcony the balcony would probably not be the safest place for him to be if you know what i mean right but anyways so now i'm thinking the person from the messenger she is um well one of them is um like a bravo super you know like super fan and all of that i think she even moderated a panel at BravoCon, like for uh saturn charms or vanderpump rules or something like that so she she knows the housewives she has a relationship with them i think it makes a lot of sense for that person to be invited like by phaedra or by phaedra's pr i'm pretty sure that 
Phaedra's PR was probably in attendance at that party because they're very close. You know, that blonde girl, Adrienne, her and Phaedra are very close. And I know that she's very close as well as that uh, with that girl from The Messenger, right? So I could see them being in attendance at that party. Now, I'm not questioning if Tia was in attendance at the party. I'm just saying that I find that the stories are a little bit different, right? And I'm just going off of by what we've seen uh, historically on her account, her Instagram account or stories or things like that. She usually tends to share, you know, if she has a picture with um, a housewife, she'll usually post it. Or, you know, if she has some exclusive tea, she's usually very quick to share that information. And during her live with Dana, she said that she even had like a video of, um, I don't know if she was the one singing happy birthday to Phaedra or if people were singing happy birthday to her and Phaedra did a little dance. She said she had a video footage of that. And I've been trying to look for the video online and I wasn't able to find that video anywhere right? There's actually no footage of that party. And I find that a little weird because, you know, it's like, it's a housewives uh, exclusive party. I'm not surprised that the housewives are not posting, but I'm surprised that, you know, some of the PR people that were there, like, for example, maybe not PR, but, you know, Tia is a fan account, right? She's a fan account. So I'm surprised that she didn't take any pictures or that, well, actually she did, that she didn't post any pictures. I am a little surprised by, by that because she usually does, right? And uh, the whole thing about Billy, then the fact that nobody has talked about it, I'm wondering, like, I, I do not doubt that something happened at the birthday party because obviously no one's posting about it. But, um, I'm not sure what happened exactly. And I'm not sure, I'm not even sure if it has to do with Bill Aiden, right? One thing that I thought was interesting during that live with Dana um, was, um, you know, Dana was asking her about Louis and Teresa and, how, you know, how were they toward you, towards you, right? And Tia was like, oh, you know, they were very, like, Louis was very nice at least, right? And, um, she said that Melissa Feaster approached her and said, oh, hi, Thea, I'm so happy you're here. And, um, and she called her by her name, but she said that when she did that, she did it away from Teresa and she did it away from Louie, right? Which I thought that was interesting, like an interesting kind of clue because it's like, okay, so clearly Melissa Feaster knows who you are, but she greets you, but she won't greet you in front of Teresa and she won't greet you in front of Louie. Why is that? It's an exclusive party kind of thing, right? Like it's like a small size party. And she even said that she sat ne next to them at some point in time, right? So anyways, I find it hard to believe that after everything that has transpired last year and even like those messages and DMs between the both of them, right? Um, that Louie would not know what Lee, Tia looks like if she was there, right? Uh, if she was present, I'm pretty sure, like if, you know, we're talking about the guy that has hired private, private investigators to get like some stuff on people, right? I think that, you know, if that was true or if that was the case, right? Louie would know who Tia is and what she looks like, right? Just for instance, You know, everything that has happened between Teresa and Tamara, right? Um, I think Teresa said that there was like a lunch or like a, they went to the restaurant at Delilah's and Teddy Mellencamp approached the table and wanted to sit at their table. And Teresa said to her straight up, like, don't even sit here. Like, no, like, I'm not doing this with you. Like, I don't like you and your podcast. Like, she didn't say all of that, but she basically kind of told her, pick another table. Like, we don't want you here. Like, we want to be happy. We don't want you sitting next to us kind of thing, right? And then Teddy had to go and find another table. So I find it kind of hard to believe that, you know, a person like Thea who was really involved in the drama for our own entertainment last year, right? Um, who has been very active on social media about where she stood when it came to that whole situation between Louis and Margaret and the other housewives. I find it hard to believe that Teresa and Louis wouldn't have a problem with her 
being in such close proximity of them, right? I find that I find it a little hard to believe. Like they would have had to recognize her someone, right? And I would also like to know how did Thea get invited to an exclusive birthday party of Phaedra if Phaedra did not know who she was. Now, I'm not saying that she did not attend. It's very possible that she did. But I'm just wondering how does that happen, right? Because clearly she did not know of the birthday party prior to. Someone has someone had to invite her there. So, and I don't think that it was Phaedra who did that uh, directly to her because she told her, oh, you know, I heard a lot about you. I'm happy that you're here. So maybe she was invited by Phaedra's PR, Adrian, um, because they seem like they're following each other on social media anyway. So it's possible that she was invited by Adrian. But I would like to know that. I would like to know how does someone get invited to such an exclusive party that does not have necessarily a relationship with the housewife? That's a question that I wish I had the answer to. And then the whole thing about Billy, then why is there such conflicting information? Uh, there's no reports anywhere that he was drunk or stumbling on all fours. There's not a footage, you know, the, the dinner happened at around nine o'clock. Like, I'm sorry, there's people at the restaurant, right? Someone would have caught that. There would be footage of that somewhere, right? So I'm not saying that I don't believe, but I need to verify. And no one else is talking about that, right? So I think it would be a very good story if it's true, but I also don't want to put like stuff out there just for the purpose of putting stuff out there, right? And um, another thing that I'm wondering, another thing that I'm wondering is if, in fact, she was not present at the party, Thea, who told her that information that Bill was drunk? And what was the agenda for that, right? Who is trying to plant a story out there of Bill Aiden being drunk and what is the purpose of that? I would like to know that as well. You know, I would really like that to be answered as a question because there's just too many questions that I have when it comes to that birthday party that remain unanswered. And, you know, if you have the video of Phaedra dancing and people wishing her happy birthday, why is that video not out there? You know, like it's a beautiful thing. You turn 50 years old. Uh, it's a major milestone. We want to see people celebrate you. Uh, I don't think that this is a type of video that is in incriminating um, at all. Right. So, um, it would be nice to have a video of that party. And you know what I find interesting as well is that none of the housewives actually posted anything about it either. Nobody. Um, nobody from Toya's account. Nobody from, oh yes, I forgot, Mercedes. Mercedes Javid from Shahs of Sunset was at that party as well. And um, I wonder how that, that whole situation went down because um, I think... Uh, MJ, she really loves Melissa Gorga. Like that's the feeling that I got from her before. Like she went on her podcast before. They talk like very extensively. She even said to um, Melissa that, you know, something about her daughter's Teresa that, you know, no matter what she does, Teresa's always going to have a problem with her. Like it's pretty apparent that there's something about Melissa that bothers her sister-in-law, Teresa. MJ said that. So I'm wondering, it's very interesting that she was at um, the exclusive birthday party and probably sitting next to Teresa and Louie. Although there are some pictures at BravoCon of MJ and Teresa, you know, together. But um, I'm just wondering, you know what I mean? Like who invited Tia? If she was there, who invited her? And if she was there and she has videos and footage and pictures, why any of them have not been released um, on her social media as she normally does? Um, and if she wasn't there, who fed her that gossip that Bill Aiden was drunk? And what's the agenda here? Those are all questions that I have, guys. Let me know your theories in the comments. I'm very, very curious to know. If you have that information, don't hesitate to send it to me directly. My IG, once again, is relatable underscore Stella. 
that's all I have for today, guys. Once again, thank you so much for listening. I want to wish you all, my American listeners, followers, a very happy and special Thanksgiving. Uh, here north of the border, we have celebrated Thanksgiving already a month ago. So uh, I hope all of you have a very special time with your families, your loved ones, the people that make you feel good, special about yourself, the people that elevate your spirits at all times. And guys, thank you so much for listening. 1300 downloads hit my podcast recently i cannot thank you enough guys thank you for being such loyal listeners i love our little communities and thank you as always guys as always be a fan not fanatical happy thanksgiving everyone ciao